Welcome back to a Doctor's Perspective podcast, the mini-sode series, episode 45. Today, this is the episode I was referring to in the past about the future, about logos, handling objections, uh, kind of about giving an artsy presentation. And like I always say in these shows, listen, critically think, and integrate. So this one, you're going to have to think a little bit more for yourself. I'm just going to present it kind of how they presented it. If you're a design team, maybe you do logos, maybe you do website overhauls, branding letterhead, you know, the whole nine. And so that's going to be a much more expensive project. Uh, in fact, this is a guy that will charge 30000 just for a logo when you can go on Fiverr or some other place and do it for like 299 designs, et cetera. So how can you do that? And that is what we're going to talk about. Some of the questions to ask, some of the objections, and things like that. Before we jump in, I want to let you know I was interviewed on Get Published podcast. I don't have the number all that yet, but if you're listening to this, hop on there and you'll be able to find me. We'll start with a quote from Brian Egar. What you read becomes what you know. When you practice what you know, you begin to grow. As you grow and share your knowledge, you in turn contribute to the growth of others. When you share with and enlighten those around you, you have exposed wisdom. Knowledge speaks, wisdom leads. Okay, here we go. At some point, you've probably had a quick conversation with some company before you were able to present a proposal or just a basic coffee date before you are able to pitch them, okay? A fact-finding mission. You want to be extra attuned to words that they use to describe their brand, their history, and what they want to convey to their audience. By using the same words that they use, they're going to definitely feel heard and it's going to help you make the deal. Use a name for their avatar, whether they created one. If not, you create one. So that way everyone is on the same page and you can reiterate their pain points a little bit better. Rachel, da 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 And Barry, da 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 You have both of those because you might have a guy and a girl as your ideal client, and they might have a different profile avatar. And so you want to be able to find a way to communicate to both of them. All right, so when we're talking about logos, you might have a lot of ideas. You might have a lot of ad copy for your non-MD clinic. You might have three pictures. You might have a lot of logo ideas, maybe like seven, all right? But you can't present seven. You got to present three. Seven's way too many options. Same thing if you're going to do ad copy. You might have seven, narrow it down to three if you're trying to advertise your clinic. And you want to show them each one individually on a white background. And then after that, do a side-by-side with a single color and a black background. You might have a full-color logo. You put that on a white background. And then the next slide would be a side-by-side with a single color, like black background with a white or red or you know some one color so they can say, oh, this is what it would look like printed on black and white in a newspaper, on a hat, on a t-shirt, and then the full color, this is what it would look like on your webpage. Uh, somewhere in the slide, in the presentation, you want to have a slide with all three pictures, logos, side by side. That's kind of what you want to end with. So it should only be about 15 slides, You're just kind of going through, these are what we brought to you, etc. Now, once that's done, here's some important questions. Did we miss the mark completely? Not which one did you like, let them get nitpicky and all this stuff. No, did we miss the mark completely? And it forces them to say, well, actually, no, I like this, I like this, and this. Now, maybe they're like, I only like part of this first one and part of the third one. Maybe there's a way to combine those two. Okay, right? And remember, though, it's not necessarily all like what you think. Like, you might have this vibe that you want, like the style. It could be three completely different styles. Postmodern, I don't know, just the text, and then one that has a big uh, image and or something like that. So once you figure out, like you know, the style that you like that represents the brand, I should say, that's the biggest thing. How do you think your customer would like the work? So it's not all about you. 
It's about the customer. Does it portray what you're hoping that they would? If you're an outdoor company, maybe you want to have one of those really cool mountain scenes and your product is uh, from a high altitude, then you would want something that would convey you're going to be warm and you're going to be safe in these high altitudes with our company. And your logo needs to portray that. So it's always about the customer. Sometimes you want to just have pointed yes, no questions. That way they don't keep it too open-ended and they derail the conversation and you don't get anywhere. Then you want to ask, did we take a step in the right direction to solve the pain point they're having? Growing revenue, for instance. So did we miss the mark correctly? Did we take a step in the right direction to solve your issue? And then you can say, hey, is there one direction we can cross off the board right now? In our example, the middle one, the number two, whatever reason, didn't fit your bill for whatever reason, they didn't cut the mustard. So get rid of it. Now you're down to two. And one thing they said is, hey, look, don't expect too much feedback today. Give them time. Don't expect creative direction too much. But give them a due date and a timeline with an expectation of what you expect them to do and how to respond. So I thought, I thought that was a really interesting you know, concept. We always forget when we're, at least when I, sometimes when I'm doing it, uh, like my clinic in Louisiana, and I always say, you know, I don't want a big logo. Nobody cares. I'm not Coke. You're not going to know what my logo is. It's going to be a spine or something. I was like, nah. I was like, let me just get a little something like some letters. And so I just put the, put the letters as the logo. And then I got caught up in myself. And when I went to print a, like a banner, the, the, the letter logo part got too big instead of just having the clinic name and the phone number being bigger, like I originally said. So, you know, it's easy to fall victim to it. You almost need somebody to kind of uh, keep you in check or maybe write something down and say, this is the criteria. And then we start looking at it, go back to your criteria, checkbox, checkbox, checkbox. If it doesn't meet what you originally said, figure it out. Talk to the designer, make it work. All right, going into the objections. They're going to have some kind of objection. So you have to make sure you acknowledge it. If they say, oh, you're too expensive. Okay, I'm too expensive. Now they feel heard. And then if you don't acknowledge what they said, they might dig deeper and then you really can't pivot. But if you do acknowledge it, it makes them a little bit more ease. You know, too expensive, not enough experience. You don't know anything about my field. Well, acknowledge it. And then you got to find a hole in their logic. Uh, Two books that were game changers. Win Without Pitching Manifesto by Blair Inns, and then a logo book, The Brand Gap by Marty Niemeyer. What's great is if you don't want to buy the book, just search review and you can find several people that have like reviewed the entire book. You can read those and get a really good idea for everything that they're talking about. And The Win Without Pitching Manifesto, that's definitely one that's like, hey, you're worth more than an hourly rate charged by value. All right, here we go. What we can try to do is raise the objection first, then own that and then talk about it. Like you might already know you don't have enough experience. You know you're expensive or you know that people are going to be like, oh, you don't know podiatry. You don't know my acupuncture clinic. It's like, uh, okay, well, I've dealt with lots of dentists and chiropractors, so I'm pretty sure I can work with yours too. So one thing you could say, I'm not sure a company your size can afford us. Now they're trying to prove themselves to you. You killed the objection. Then you retreat back and you see if they follow. It's, that cla- it's a classic, oh, it's... If you can't afford it, we'll just, we'll just, we'll just back off. And they're like, no, 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 I can do it, I can do it. Because you might be, you know, if you're charging $20,000 for something and this company is kind of new or doesn't have a lot of profit, they might literally have to say to themselves, how in the world am I going to be able to afford this person? I was thinking $2,000, but $20,000, my goodness, they better really bring in the revenue and increase in sales for me to spend that kind of money. Is, is there any way that I can pull this off, you know? Uh, two, paint the picture of what they're thinking as not very good. Number three, 
pay respect and say it doesn't matter. You know, like, look, we know our prices are high. Not everybody can afford us. That's okay. Um, we definitely have people that we, we can refer you to be for these types of projects. We feel they're comp- competent in what they do. Then number four could be embracing. Now we're embracing it. You want to paint a very clear picture of what it would be like to work with someone else and reaffirming the client's beliefs. But do this genuinely. What would it be like to work with somebody else? And that's when you would pivot because the clients have felt validated. Their defenses are more down. Now you want to talk about why that option may be less desirable and then pointing out why you are different or better. You know, maybe the other place has like a pretty rigid process. And if you don't fit into their box, you're pretty not, you know, maybe you're not going to be happy with the results. You know, kind of some of these clinics, everybody gets the same treatment, you know. That'd be one way to paint you like, yeah, but we don't do that here. You're going to have special exercises. You're going to have special time with the doctor and myofascial release or whatever. Pointing out why you're different. So here's something that he said. I'm not a graphic designer. Designers are pretty makers. I know I used to be one, but I'm different. I help businesses grow and be more innovative by helping them understand their customers. So that's the pain point. He is saying, hey, we help you understand your customers. And then we build products around that. I help them talk to their customers in a genuine and relatable way. I will give you the best shot at attracting and keeping your customers. See that? That's the, that's the key there. If you don't need help in this way, save your money. Hire the other guys. We'll be here when you call in six months with disappointing results. Now, that's pretty, pretty hardcore right there. Disappointing results. But I get what he's trying to say. If you just need a new logo, you just need overhead, letterhead. Yeah, these guys will probably be good at it. They can do it. But if you need something to convey that you are a reliable brand to go into the, the mountains and you're going to be warm and safe. I can convey that better with the words we use, with the pictures we use and everything so that when people see it, that's the feeling they get and we'll get you long-term repeat customers. Okay, it's a bold claim. Now here are a couple and we'll close it out with this. These are fun. The objection matrix. There are, are four. You're too expensive, like we said. You're not the expert. You don't have enough resources like manpower or you don't have enough experience. So you're too expensive. We are expensive, but there's a good reason. Graphic designers are good at making pretty things. I used to be one. They'll design a nice looking logo, print on exquisite paper stock. They might even use a foil stamp. But what they do won't fundamentally move the needle. You, they won't help you get one new client. Okay. Another objection. You're not the expert in this subject matter. This is a good answer, I think. The experts are the least risky option. They're very good at doing what they do. In fact, they've done it for everyone else, including your competitors. If you want undifferentiated work dictated by a cookie cutter process, we are not for you. I like that one just because it's like, hey, you're right. A lot of people use them. Your competitors have used them. So it's fair to say that your stuff's going to be somewhat similar to theirs. So you're not going to be differentiated at all, but we can do that for you. You don't have enough resources. Okay. So they were saying you want to hire someone for the results, but then you dictate their process. It's like, look, maybe I don't have a team of 50 people, but I don't need a team of 50 people. I got two videographers over here. I got two logo people here. I got this. I can outsource what I need to. Like, don't worry, we're not, we're not overstaffed, but we have high quality workers. That's what I hired them for. You don't need to dictate the process like, this is what you want. I'm going to deliver it to you. Trust me. And the last one, you don't have enough experience. All right, let's be honest. We're good at researching and fast learners, but you will forget more than we can learn. You're the expert. The process we use helps transfer your organizational knowledge to us so that we can translate that into something your customers understand and value. So it's like, what do they call that? You're blinded by the knowledge that you know. So you may know everything there is, the high mountain climbing. I don't. I design the logos. So tell me. Tell me what you think I need to know. Teach me some stuff. Okay? Now I'm going to translate that for the average person who needs to know about this stuff. Or for your target audience, who are people that would want to hike 14,000 to 21,000 feet. Like, you're too high on a level. 
and you can never bring it down enough. But for me, I'm able to process what you're saying and convert it to the people that need to hear it so that you can get the answers. Hope I didn't lose anybody on that one. I know um, I went a long winded on that. Hopefully everybody connected the dots. So hopefully when you listen to this, you're able to think broader about your profession and the advertising that you're doing. If you're doing it, if you're a new business, if you're looking to do a rebrand, you understand this, especially if you're going to go and hire somebody. So I guess that's what this episode could be more. Yes. How can you advertise? But also maybe you are looking for a rebrand. What are you looking for in that person that's going to create this for you? Should you just spend 200 or should you spend more like 2000 or 10,000? Depends on what kind of uh, business you have and what your growth plans, I think, are. What's your ultimate goal for five years from now? Maybe you could benefit from a $2,000 person versus just, you know, a $500 logo only. They might have a, be able to convey your message better. So show notes at doctorsperspective.net slash M45. We just went hashtag behind the curtain. Definitely check out the future on YouTube. They got a lot of good videos. Uh, and if you're interested in some of this more of this process, check out the Hamilton Beer Company. They did a year-long rebrand and they documented it. Uh, it was a pretty good series. And you'll definitely hear some of the things that I was talking about on this episode that they, they did. All right. Y'all have a good one. We just went hashtag behind the curtain. <laughs>